It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. A reminder to everyone that week one does not tell the tale of an entire season of fantasy football, nor does it tell the tale of an entire season of NFL football. But we're going to try to parse through it anyway. This is going to be the first edition of the Market Report podcast here at FantasyPoints.com. For the 2023 season, my name is Joe Dolan with me. Tom Brawley and joining us on the Market Report podcast this year will be Mr. Graham Barfield. It's great to have this three-man booth of of excellence and guys who have been beat up by a really rough week of fantasy football. A lot of unders out there this week, boys. And you know how I tell there's a lot of unders when I go to like Yahoo Fantasy and Yahoo Fantasy has the the, the projected fantasy scores for the week, which, you know, they're, they're fun to look at, but they're not really all that predictive. But when... 90% 90% of the league is red for going under their projection. That's the kind of week this was. Tom, let's start with you. How'd you do this week, my friend? Oh, it was a it was a rough one uh, with the bets. My player props got absolutely slaughtered. Uh, every And, of course, like I, I had like four or five unders. I think I was the only person to like miss on all my unders. Um, so but should be my ATS stuff week. was pretty good. It was uh, three and one with that. And uh, got a chance to win our, our – our friends, uh, or I don't even know, our friend acquaintance, Big Ed's poll here tonight. If Buffalo covers the spread and scores, and the score is exactly forty-five points, so <laughs> I like my chances of, of that happening. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was a it was a tough week overall, uh, as we said in the point spread show. Probably look at unders and look at underdogs, and it was definitely an under and underdogs weekend. <clears throat> uh, Graham, what's up, man? How you did? How'd, how'd you do? How'd your fantasy do? How'd your props do? How'd your bets do? Uh, week one always a difficult one. It is, yeah. It's good to do a, a three bros pod. This is uh, this is gonna be a lot of fun during the season. We uh, we will commiserate over hopefully our good FFPC teams this year too. But I did okay. Uh, two and two on best bets. I I did not go hard on props. I figured this is gonna be a gross week, and it was. Uh, I was talking to Scott on Friday for our DFS stream. I'm like, dude, this is going to be a really low scoring week. There's going to be one guy with like a score that you have to have in DFS. And we both agreed it was Tyreek. And I mean, that was really, yeah, there was, there was, there was that, but yeah, it was basically like if you for seasonals, if you didn't have Tyreek or you didn't have like Cowboys defense, it was really, really tough to put a big score together. Oh, yeah. So I had Tyreek. So I'm going to win in one of my 14-team leagues where I had Tyreek and literally nobody else reached 10 fantasy points, <laughs> including That's Lamar so Jackson, gross. including Lamar Jackson. It was a, you know, it was a rough week for for even the quote-unquote elite fantasy quarterbacks. You know, I think Jalen Hurts finished outside the top 12. Lamar finished outside the top 20. You know, Patrick Mahomes was, I believe, QB4, but it was pulling teeth to get there. Um, Trying to get to 100 yards right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. mean – it's oh, it's kind of rough out there. We'll see what happens with Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers tonight. Hopefully there's a little bit more fireworks. But anyway, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through each game, and this is going to be kind of a facsimile of the article that we put up at FantasyPoints.com where we basically say this guy's up, this guy's down, um, and then we put a guy on the watch list. Like, all right, he's not really up or down, but there's something interesting going on here. Um, and we write that up at fantasypoints.com and we're just going to talk about the games and we're going to go game by game. We're going to start 
with Detroit at Kansas City, which was a fun one um, on Thursday night, guys. And I think what what the uh, the lesson learned here is even the best of the best need a big time weapon every now and again. Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey. Uh, I, I don't want to say he played poorly because I don't think he did. I think he did what he could. But um, the receiving situation in Kansas City, if there is no Kelsey, is pretty dire out there. Yeah, I, I wrote this game up already. I'll, I, I tend to write up the Thursday night game on Fridays. And, yeah, we're obviously keeping an eye on Travis Kelsey this week. Him for a return either in week two or week three. And as we saw in that game, he's going to command a lot of targets because – Nobody really wanted the ball out of those receivers. Sky Moore couldn't get open. Uh, Kadarius Toney was targeted, but he uh, was given away six points uh, to Brian Branch and uh, running into his teammates on routes. So, um, yeah, Sky Moore kind of stashed them on benches and see how it progresses here, but they can't be played right now. Uh, also in this game, Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco was – Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was involved, so something to continue to watch here. I I, th- I kind of thought that might happen with Pacheco coming back from a labrum and returned really late in, in August, so I'm not too surprising. I, I would expect his role to probably grow over September here. Uh, and on, on the D- Detroit side, we I wrote up – he had a really strong showing with an 83% snap share. Uh, we know – Jared Goff loves to throw uh, in, in the you know short to intermediate area, so this this could be something here you know brewing here with uh, Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end. Yeah, Graham. Um, uh, obviously, I don't know how much deeper we have to go into Kansas City. Last year, the funny part with Kansas City is it was kind of Travis Kelsey or bust from uh, from a fantasy standpoint, um, and I think it's going to be the same thing. But for Detroit, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, that breakdown. What did you see? You know. I think a lot of people were freaking out about Gibbs and, and his usage, but I was actually kind of encouraged, to be honest. Like, I thought he looked really good. Montgomery, with the game flow, probably got a few more carries than you might expect against Kansas City. But I actually was pretty into um, uh, into what Jameer Gibbs and and uh, how he looked and how he was used. I agree. Yeah, I, th- I thought he looked the part in the, you know, the limited touches that he did get. He looked great. I mean, the contact balance, the agility, the quick start-stop ability that we all saw at Alabama was all there. Uh, he might have scored a touchdown. He got turf monstered inside the red yeah. zone. I, I think he might have gotten caught re-looking at it at the All-22. I think one of the safeties would have caught him, but he could have had a touchdown chance there. After the game, Dan Campbell came out and said, yeah, this was kind of just like we wanted to get his feet wet. His role is going to grow, and I, and I believe him. I mean, it, it makes sense. David Montgomery is not going to play 75% of the snaps this whole season. Gibbs' role is going to grow. So if anybody's freaking out about Gibbs, they need to to calm down. And it, my comp for Jameer Gibbs is like he's he's got like – everybody gives him the Alvin Kamara comp. I'm going to go another way. He kind of reminds me of Chris Johnson. Like his explosiveness and his start-stop mm-hmm. ability, his speed, man, is like – He's lightning quick. Like CJ2K had some elite, elite deep speed. I don't think Gibbs is that fast in the open field, but man, they, they run similarly, very upright, but very quick, very agile. And, and Gibbs is Gibbs is going to be a playmaker in the NFL. It's going to happen. Let, let's move on to the next game, which is Carolina and Atlanta. Atlanta 24, Carolina 10. But the only thing, Graham, anybody is going to talk about from this game is Kyle Pitts and Drake London 
combining for two catches on four targets. I, and look, well, well, we'll we'll talk about the backfield as well. I, I just cannot believe this is happening again. I just can't believe it. Yeah, in in 2023, it's insane. It's I mean, look, I know Desmond Ritter's limited. I know you know he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. I know he's not super accurate. But it, I mean, just to not even involve these two guys in your in your game plan is is literal insanity. Um, I, I there's no other way to describe it. I mean, look, Falcons won the game, so we're sitting here and we're just you know complaining because of fantasy at the end of the day. But you know, I credit the Falcons defense for really stomping on the Panthers offense, I guess, and just kind of keeping this game gross. They didn't really have to throw if you want to like paint a you know rosier picture. But I mean, we knew this was a possibility that you know the Falcons would not really involve these two guys but i mean i was at, I, we were all figuring at least a 20 percent target share for both and then just not even involve drake london is just it's it makes zero sense i i literally i've been you know we, we try to make logic out of the illogical all the time and i think that's really what it comes yeah. down to with atlanta and if you t- talk to arthur smith arthur smith that he's going to be up there oh we won the football game well, of course uh, like yeah but yeah. So, like, this is just going to help him dig his heels in further. The funny part for Kyle Pitts is in an awful week for tight ends, two for 44 is actually like, oh, all right, I'll take (laughs) it. I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Dallas Goddard didn't catch a pass. Kelsey and Andrews didn't play, you know? So, like, well, yeah, two for 44, yeah. Tom, My pitch call is looking great. Yeah, this backfield, (laughs) Tom, um, I mean, look, this is where I can't really criticize Arthur Smith because – Tyler Algier looked great, and so did B. John Robinson. And right now, do we have two fantasy starters? I think we probably do. I mean, we saw Algier get the two goal line uh, opportunities. That's something to, to keep an eye on here moving forward, both the three-yard touchdown runs. Uh, Bijan scored the uh, the eleven yard touchdown pass on eleven target eleven yard touchdown pass, and he 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 saw the most targets in this offense. Uh, so. Yeah, we're not targeting Pitts and Drake, but uh, at least those targets are going towards Bijan Robinson with six targets. So he had literally had a 33% target share in this game. So uh, I think Algier, usable. Uh, he's fringe waiver, waiver wire. Uh, I think he's like 55, 60%. We don't rate up those guys for waiver wire, but uh, I think he's usable as like a low-end RB2 in good matchups. Um, on the flip side, not a ton to talk about, but Miles Sanders did get a bell cow workload, Graham. Uh, 18 carries, six targets in this game. That was important. He did lose a fumble, and he did go down often on first contact, but this is a guy who, in what was a pretty bad week for running backs, Miles Sanders was a guy you probably feel pretty good about starting going forward. Yeah, Tom and I were talking on the, you know, the final point show on Sunday, you know, if we were concerned or not, if Miles Sanders is going to be a little limited, and he kind of was, you know, 58% snap share, uh, Chuba Hubbard was at 39%, but yeah, like you mentioned, six targets, yeah, he he saw no more than three in a game last year, and this was kind of like what you and I were talking about, Joe, it's like, okay, my, maybe Miles Sanders is just like, he's an average runner, but if they're being serious about using him in a three-down role and giving him a few extra targets, like, that's enough to make him like a front-end RB2, and and he started going in the sixth, seventh round of a lot of drafts. Uh, I think at worst right now, he's just a volume RB2. But based on XFP, I mean, he was like a front end RB1 this week based on usage. Yeah. Like you mentioned, he ran cold because he fumbled. Panthers offense stunk. They couldn't get in the red zone. But uh, better days are ahead for Miles Sanders. Tom, is Hayden Hurst the startable tight end right now? Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> with the, like the situation here, but I, I'm not banking on it. They, you know, he brings no juice and... This is going to be 
an offense that's not going to score very many touchdowns. So, nah, he's – the more I think about it, he's he's like a middle tight end too. He's a waiver wire guy anyway. I put him down pretty decently on the list too. There's – I'd rather have Luke Musgrave. I'd rather have uh, – uh, maybe even Zach Hurts. Oh my God, he had ten targets from Josh Dobbs. Oh my! But yeah, I, Hurst is. Uh, yeah, he's like a fifteen percent owned guy. So somebody's you know, got this catch receiving core is so bad. I almost feel bad for Bryce Young in this offense right now. DJ Chark might end up being a thing here because he Adam be. Thielen might be dead. Jonathan Mingo looks at you know he's swimming right now. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, this passing game is pretty rough right now. Let's go to Baltimore uh, hosting the Texans. This was this was a really just kind of bad game. And I think it's important to note that, you know, a lot of these like kind of elite quarterbacks who struggle have new coordinators, and that includes Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson put up, up, I think, six fantasy points in this game, led the Ravens in rushing. And, Tom, we're going to start there. J.K. Dobbins blew out his Achilles, and I just feel terrible for this guy. This is a guy who's put his body on the line. You know, he, he suffered his first major injury in a meaningless preseason game. Um, and then he comes back and he lasts 10 touches in his uh, in the final season of his contract, maybe the final season of his career, given how many awful injuries he suffered. Um, but the Ravens have to move on uh, on some level. I know Justice Hill scored two touchdowns, but Gus Edwards looked like the better runner. Yeah, this is a this is gonna be a, a tricky situation. Uh if Justice Hill comes in and you know, he gets the the goal line carries too. You'd think that uh Gus Edwards, the bigger back, might be more of that option, but uh Justice Hill came in and cut both of those touchdowns. Uh you know, Justice Hill was kind of the preferred guy at first. He was kind of the number two, and then uh, as the game went along, he's as you're right, Joe, he he uh, Gus Edwards played a little bit better. I'm giving Edwards the slight edge here uh, when we're looking at the waiver wire, just because, you know, he has a longer track record of playing well. And uh, Justice Hill, you know, he, he literally scored his first two touchdowns since his rookie season uh, in 2019. So not a, not a long track record for him. I think they're, they could be in the market here. We, we could see, yeah. we got Leonard Fournette out there. We got um, Kareem Hunt, uh, yep. Melvin Gordon's on their practice squad. I think this is, We've seen this the last couple of years with this Baltimore Ravens backfield. It's it's been kind of a mess with J.K. Dobbins out of the mix. So, um, you know, waiver wire talk here. I'm, I'm not I'm not shooting my load here. Uh, you know, you know, blowing all my money here on the on the on my fab budget on this this backfield. It's going to be a headache. Or Graham, you were drafting <laughs> Gus Edwards a ton in best yep. ball. I did as well. Um, not not predicting a jk dobbins injury but there was a point in this offseason where jk dobbins was essentially holding out that's why i was doing it how are you approaching this waiver situation like tom I, you know gus edwards is probably the 1a they're, they're gonna sign somebody they have to justice hill had this is what Fournette and kareem hunt were waiting for by yeah the way. exactly yeah exactly and uh there's some you know justice hill had eight carries yesterday two touchdowns but his, his eight carries went for nine yards i mean a uh, long sample with Hill has shown us that he's a replacement level, if not worse, runner. Uh, Gus Edwards will get the early down stuff. I imagine he'll get some goal line work too. But like Tom was saying, I mean, this is probably just a mess. I mean, likely catches one pass for four yards. Are you kidding me? <sighs> Their passing oh. game was broken, man. I mean, it was literally broken. It, it's like the same thing with Kelsey. It was the worst timing because I think they were planning on having Andrews, obviously. And then it was just of course. Kind of like, okay, we're going to hold him out. And then the game plan's broken by then, you know? Yeah. And then, but they didn't need him because Houston couldn't score. Um, Zay Flowers, 10 targets. Um, hello. Welcome to the NFL, young fella. Uh, looks like their number one receiver right now. I think Bateman was more of a, I don't want to say like part time player because that, 
in, that insinuates that he was on the field for like 30% of the snaps. I think it was more than that. But uh, Zay Flowers and, and Beckham are the starters here. Flipping over to Houston, um, C.J. Stroud was under, uh, as, as predicted in the mismatch report, C.J. Stroud was under siege in the entire game. Um, he was sacked five times. Um, uh, every time I looked up, he was under pressure. Nico Collins, 11 targets. Robert Woods, 10 targets. Damian Pierce, 11 carries, and he looked far better Graham than, than Devin Singletary did, who who had uh, 15 yards on seven carries. Pierce also got three targets, but again, not a whole lot of fantasy production here for Pierce. Uh, I think he had 6.7 PPR points. He got a bell cow-ish roll, but it didn't really translate behind an offensive line that is absolutely decimated right now. Yeah, it's actually a little concerning for him. Uh, only a 28% route share. It means he was only on the field for 28% of the Texans' pass plays. He, you know, like you mentioned, he did get three targets when he was out there. Uh, I was expecting that to be a lot higher. Uh, I, I wanted that to be a lot higher for him this season. Uh, I, just I, looking, I do think game situation might have yeah. yeah, a lot of the – Mike Boone was playing, you know, when it was – kind of out of reach i think they yeah but this this could be a thing with him though this texans team's gonna be pretty shitty this year so they can be blown out and so it's something to watch but i I do think the uh, game situation played a little bit into this for sure yeah no for sure i mean devin singletary also got seven carries but like you mentioned joe he did not look uh particularly inspiring on them no cincinnati at cleveland cleveland wins this one 24 to 3 in in sloppy conditions and this game never really took off i mean joe burrow doesn't practice so let's start with cincinnati tom um uh, this is a game for cincinnati look i think you might remember cincinnati got off to a really slow start last year like i think oh yeah this is i gave out a bet on sunday morning i'm like we're fading the Bengals here they start out slow he's from we talked about on the point spread show um zach taylor comes from the sean McVay school they don't play anybody in the preseason and uh i think they're you know one and seven I mean, they lost to the Steelers last year in the season opener. They yeah. lost to the the Cooper Rush Cowboys. Uh, you know, touchdown favorites in both of those games to start last year. Uh, Zach Taylor was like one and seven uh, straight up coming into in the first two weeks of the season. So this, yeah. you know, I, it wasn't predictable, but you know that there was there were little breadcrumbs there that this could be a slow start. And Joe Burrow's coming back off of calf injury. So honestly, you know, this is uh, one of those we we. We'll say this a bunch on this show. I, I think it's just I'm a burn just the tape. Ignoring and, it. Yeah. yeah. It's uh we're we're gonna go we, back to Burrow. We're gonna go back to Higgins. Higgins, you know, it was eight targets and no cat, you know, it was just a ugly overall game. It was a bad but, game. Yep. And it probably would have been a little better if it wasn't sloppy conditions, but it was a bad bad football game. Joe Mixon, true bell cow here, um, which, which uh, uh, again, we'll say this a lot on this show, true bell cow, and it didn't translate to massive fantasy production because of sloppy conditions. Graham, I, I posited this um, in, in our in our group chat. I kind of said, like, it feels like, and Tom, you just alluded to it, it feels like as frustrating as this is for fantasy and as frustrating as it is for fans – Mm-hmm. It feels like coaches would rather start 0-1, 0-2 yeah. than lose a key player in the preseason. Yeah, logically, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think I shot back and I was like, you know, not only that, we've got the extra week now. So, you know, yeah. there's less incentive for to be really, really sharp week one. You know, you have an extra game to kind of make it up. And, yeah, uh, you're you're going right back to Bengals. They're going to be completely fine week two. I got to say, Jamar Chase, uh, you know, nine targets, T. Higgins, eight targets, zero for zero. Uh, you're, <laughs> you you got to go right back to T. Higgins with eight targets. Yeah. I mean, that is unbelievable. Eight targets from Burrow and catch zero passes. 
Yeah, uh, Joe, like, I don't know. Like, If you have a good backup option, maybe you'd wait and see next week on Burrow, but he's going to be fine. We know he's going to be fine. I'm a little bit more concerned with Deshaun Watson, Graham, on the flip side. And the only reason is we haven't seen Deshaun Watson play good football in yeah. coming up on three years now. Yeah, it's the truth. And, you know, watching that game yesterday, he was, he was skipping bad. passes. He was skipping passes, man. I mean, he threw a couple short uh, to open receivers. He had one to Elijah Moore that he was open. He had one more. Uh, Cooper Cooper was open. Accuracy was not there. You can say, okay, it was raining. Fine. You know, he's played in a lot of bad weather games. But you're right. I mean, this is we're – going, we're going on a long time where he hasn't thrown the ball well. I will say, and this was kind of like the whole point why I was buying back in for fantasy is, you know, he's scrambling more. We saw it yesterday yeah. that kind of bailed him out. Uh, Kevin Stefanski was saying all offseason he wants Watson to move more, and that's what we saw yesterday. Uh, zone read stuff with Nick Chubb. That'll be nice all season, too. So, you know, Watson being a, increasing his scrambling will will really help. But, yeah, I think for apex ceiling, Watson, it's, it's looking more and more likely we're not going to get the same top five quarterback he once was. Nick Chubb, um, this is one of the running backs who actually did something uh, for fantasy. 18 carries for 106 yards, four targets, four receptions for Nick Chubb. If he's catching two to four passes a week, hello. Um, and also, of note, Jerome Ford looked pretty terrible. 15 carries for 36 yards, including a long of 17. So he got 19 yards on his other 14 carries, and he lost the fumble. So Nick Chubb's going to be a bell cow here. Uh, and, and anything you hope for for fantasy. I mean, Nick Chubb Nick Chubb could be well, – He could be the guy. I mean, could be, he, uh, he could be, yeah. uh, you know, maybe not if McCaffrey, but yeah, he could, uh, could be Eckler. that RB1 and Eckler, but Eckler yeah. was 50 50 with Joshua Kelly. So, yeah, uh, something to keep. I will get onto that later. But, uh, uh, yeah, and, and the only reason Ford really got a lot of run is because, you know, Bengals had three points and weren't even yep. keeping it close here and competitive. So, uh, I just I don't pulled know it up in be, there. I don't know if he'll be like a 90% guy, but, yeah. you know, he could easily get in that 70 to 80% mm-hmm. range, you know, most weeks. I just pulled it up in the data suite. First half, Nick Chubb, 60% snap share, Jerome Ford, 32%. So, I mean, you that's know, that that's a huge boost for Chubb. He was at 50% last 50%. year. Up anywhere up to 60, was that's huge. It's mm-hmm. nice. J- Jacksonville at Indianapolis, the Jags take this one, 31-21. Graham, I'm going to start with you with your, your Duval Jags. Um, <laughs> Travis Etienne is the big story for me. Mm-hmm. He didn't catch more than three passes in a game last year. He catches five in this one to go with 18 carries moreover tank bigsby had a canarius tony level bad game uh <laughs> in, in this one so yeah um uh travis Etienne. uh let's put him up because i i think i think uh maybe i overthought i didn't draft etn a lot maybe i overthought this i think bigsby will get more involved as the season goes along but etn looked really good in this game Yes, he did. And he, he cut the Colts have a really good front seven. They're terrible, obviously, in the back end. I mean, Calvin Ridley proved that. He just absolutely shredded them. But yeah, man, ETN, um, not only did he look great, not only did he get an amazing workload, but like you said, Bigsby really, really struggled in short yardage. He had a ball clang off his helmet that went up in the air for a pick. Uh, he obviously had the mental miscue with the fumble on, on Trevor Lawrence's play. Um, you know, I, I think we were all kind of on this agreement that ETN is like way better than Tank Bigsby and people kind of took it a little too far. But I mean, ETN, man, he is looking really, really good. And it's almost like second year players that were drafted in the first round and are extremely talented tend to ball out on good offenses in the second year. So, yeah, I think a lot of people overthought ETN. He was a really good fourth round pick, man. Really good fourth round pick. Now. 
at receiver. One of the mm. preseason hype masters, Tom, Calvin Ridley, comes out and follows through on it. Uh, eight catches for 100 yards and a touch, 101 yards and a touchdown, 11 targets for Calvin Ridley. I want to get both of y'all's opinion on this. I was talking to Paul Kelly on the SiriusXM game day show, and I said, look, everybody's going to freak out about Christian Kirk. And, and look, rightfully so. He had one catch for nine yards after catching 90 passes last year. I do wonder, Tom, if this is a little bit similar to last year's Eagles opener when Jalen Hurts had this shiny new toy in A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown's out there going ham. Meanwhile, Devontae Smith doesn't catch a pass in week one last year. Could you see something like that happening? And like, and then Lawrence coming back next week and saying, all right, I wanted to get Calvin going, but we're going to get Christian going um, this week. What do you, what do you think? Or are you uh, a little more uh, down on Kirk? No, I'm, I'm legitimately concerned here. We, we saw it in the preseason. They were taking them off the field when they were going two wide receiver sets and in looking at the snap count, uh, Zay Jones was the, you know, in snap share, he was up at 89% of the snaps. Calvin Ridley was at 81, and Christian Kirk was at 60%. That, that's very concerning to me. Uh, we know Doug, you know, this is going to be a primary 11 personnel team, but Doug does have some two tight end back, you know, that's in his background too. So I think we are we might be living with a Kirk, like sitting at a 55 to 65, 70% snap share moving forward. And that, it, it, you know, just takes away opportunities for him. Yeah. To to get targets and catches, so I I I don't think this is the same type of situation here. I'm I'm legitimately concerned here. I, he's he's down for me to, this week. What do you think, Graham? Yeah, same. Yeah, it's a, it's a legit concern. The snap share. Um, I think it'll come up. They play the Chiefs next week. Yeah. You know, that's going to be a game where they're going to have to you know press. We'll see uh, if Kirk is not on the field like more than you know seventy five percent route share next week. Then I'm I'm going to press the panic button. But for now, he's definitely down. Let's move on. Oh, let's talk about the Colts. First and foremost, I benched Anthony Richardson where I had him. I have him in a league where I benched him for Aaron Rodgers. I'm still okay with that. I'm freaking kicking myself. In another league, I'd be lined up for a win, except I benched him for Danny freaking Dimes. I just wanted wanted to see it first, and I saw it. I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, there were definitely some rookie moments for Richardson, but 10 carries for 40 yards – um, I, I don't know what else, like Michael Pittman had a strong game. He's startable, obviously. Um, the only receiver who's startable here. Um, the Colts, Graham, might have effed around and found out about the RBs don't matter thing because Deion Jackson <laughs> was abominable in this game. Yeah, he, yeah, he is not a, uh, he's not an NFL back. Um, Jonathan Taylor, week five, I think they've probably got that circled in their calendar anthony richardson has like a reminder in his calendar yeah. for jt coming back he's supposed to there was a Schefter report that came out yeah early sunday morning i'm gonna that add said, that we have a little market report article uh document yeah. here i'm putting on, putting that in there, putting JT yeah, in there. I was, yeah now i was gonna mention that because Schefter was like he's healthy he could have passed a physical if he needed to today and i mean if that's the case man, play, here's the tweet it, it is Quote, going to pass his physical and could pass it today, per source. Taylor yeah. is planning to be ready to play as early as week five when he is eligible to come off the pup list. Now, it doesn't say eligible to play for the Colts, uh, which is like, because sure. I, I don't know, I'm sure that trade request is still outstanding, but you can tell Jonathan Taylor's agent just took that box score and is printing it out and faxing it to Jim Irsay this morning. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know Jake Funk was uh, on the roster. Uh, that was 
that was news to me whenever I saw him get two carries. I saw Evan Hall did have a, a picked up a knee injury. So uh, in the short term here, we're I, I put Zach Moss yeah. relatively high on the list here. Sounds yeah. like he was getting close to a return last week. I don't know if he was cleared for contact. That's going to be something to watch here. Uh, I, we're not playing any of these backs if it's not Zach Moss for the next three weeks. Yeah. Tampa Bay 20, Minnesota 17, looking at the box score and honestly looking at the game on television, watching, I don't know, I have no idea how Minnesota lost this game. <laughs> like it's, it's like the last year, I think there was a bunch of, I have no idea how Minnesota won this game. This yep. year, it's, I have no idea how Minnesota lost this game. And I think that's well, going to be maybe a recurring all trend. All evens out. <laughs> Tom, yeah, they were um, eight, weren't they 8-0 in one score games last year, Tom, no, or something uh, like that? I know. Yeah, thirteen and zero in one possession games, I believe, there it is. and then yeah. they lost the uh, the one possession game against the Giants in the playoffs, and that's right. they lose the first that's game right. of the season in a one possession yep. game. So it yep. all There's evens a... out in the end. <laughs> Hashtag I'm just, aggression. Yep. I'm just going to ma- mention a couple of things for the Vikings because they're very similar to what they were last year. Addison yeah. kind of slides right into the feeling role. He's a startable wide receiver three. Alexander Madison had a borderline bell cow role in this game. They struggled to run the football, but Madison was way better than Ty Chandler, who had three carries for zero yards in this one. But I want to flip over to Tampa Bay because, look, Baker is Baker, Graham. Yep. But he threw the ball 34 times. Evans and Godwin were targeted on 16 of them. Yeah, and like we predicted, you know, Brian Flores blitzed the absolute crap out of Baker in that game. Just <laughs> watching it, it was there was an extra guy coming at Baker almost every single drawback. I'll look at the blitz numbers when we have the games charted, but uh, yeah, he got the ball out quick to Evans and Godwin, and kind of, that's all we really want. It's like, okay, I know Evans isn't going to ha- drop the eight for one fifty-two hammers probably anymore, but like this works. You know, this is a great spot. You know, Vikings outside corners are not going to be very good. Uh, to me, though, I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear that Evans is the guy over Godwin. Uh, he still looks fantastic. Uh, he could get traded by midseason at this point with how good he looks. Uh, I want to kick it to you guys, though. What do you guys think about Rashad Rashad White? Like, he got the huge workload, but didn't he really didn't go anywhere. Do, yeah, he didn't do much with it at all. And then Tucker came in and, yeah. and played more in the yeah, second was, half, and he didn't go anywhere. So. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that was the one thing that would caught my eye, that he – Tucker was getting – it was in the fourth, fourth quarter run. I, I'd add him to the waiver wire just because I, I don't know if it was maybe injury-related. I, I just thought it was interesting that we're in this tight game here. We've used, used Rashad White all game long. And yeah. then the fourth quarter, it, it's not cutting time, and uh, 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 Sean Tucker is out there, and Rashad White is on yeah. the bench. So, Tom, I do wonder if if White picked up a, a That's s- very minor injury because I remember seeing a tweet maybe from a Bucks writer during the game that he was like on the sideline working on something. So it's okay. possible. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't. I, I'm I'm always look, looking at it like post-game injury stuff and there were, yeah. really wasn't anything on white that i could find yeah, so i mean uh, there's probably we'll 20, here. 20 occasions during a game where a guy picks up an injury but it's not severe enough to be reported exactly um yeah. so but like here's the thing about rashad white for fantasy startable he had 19 touches in this game um he didn't go anywhere with those 19 touches that you know there's there we've mentioned that with multiple running backs though after week one where they got this big workload and didn't really do anything with it i think it is concerning because he was one of the least efficient backs in the NFL last year. Certainly his week one performance is going to be among the least efficient this year, but it's not like Sean Tucker came in there and set the world on fire. They couldn't run the ball. So um, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll the 19 touches was nice. I'm a little concerned with the, just the two targets though. That's, that's mm-hmm. what, cause that's yeah, kind of his appeal. I thought he would be good for three or four catches each week. And 
just just the two targets. We know Baker, you know, he hasn't been afraid to target running backs. Uh, in, you know, yeah, he's been a big checkdown so, guy. Yeah, yeah, so that that that's kind of my bigger concern here. Uh, the two targets in this game. Uh-huh. Tennessee at New Orleans, um, 16-15, New Orleans wins this one. Tom, um, if Ryan Tannehill could throw a halfway accurate ball, Chigakonkwa would still be running. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. that was a tough one. He That was a perfectly designed, you know. Uh, Great play they, call. They call. Yeah, they caught him off guard. Uh, flea flicker, yeah. You know, a little, little wheel route uh, with a flea flicker and just, just, just put a little loft on the ball and let him run under it. You know, 45, 50 yard touchdown score, and uh, he comes through. And instead, it gets uh, blanked here with just the two targets. A little concerning. Um, <laughs> this offense is going to go. I mean, we we kind of figured everywhere DeAndre Hopkins goes, the uh, the passing game runs through him, and uh, no different here with 13 targets right yeah. away. Um, yeah, he's, I think, he's basically for his career averaging up over 10 targets a game. So uh, nothing's changed here in Tennessee, at least in week one. One of these years, you'll fade Derrick Henry and be right. <laughs> but there he goes again. I mean, 118 yeah. yards from scrimmage, 19 yards from scrimmage, even with Tanhill. Tanhill was 16 of 34 with three picks in this game, guys. So um, if, if you're a Chigaconco stand like me, um, you can't just look at the box. I mean, you can. He had two targets, but man, he should have had a touchdown. Um, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think his other target was an end zone target as well. But uh, um, I, I might be mistaken there. But nonetheless, just uh, like uh, Dallas Goddard, just like Travis Kelsey, just like Mark Andrews, you got a goose egg from Chig this week. The biggest takeaway from Chig and the biggest positive sign I can point yeah. to, 83% snap share. Okay, I mean, last that's really year, he, good. Dude, he didn't have a snap share above 65% last year. So, like, he's the guy. Uh, horrible matchup. Tommy, you and I were talking about this yep. on Sunday. Against the Saints. This is a brutal yeah, was... matchup. Saints have always been so good against tight ends. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm going right back to Chief. Yeah, we, we, is, this, yeah, that was one thing so on the good. show with John uh, yeah. on Sunday. We, you know, kind of cautioned against him. We we told yeah. people to go elsewhere this for at least this week. And uh, but I, I'm right there with you. Uh, just looking at it uh, from PFF here from Nathan Janky. It's 30. 30 routes run on 40, uh, 40 dropbacks. So we'll get our fantasy points data stats uh, in the near future. But that is extremely positive here. If he gets dropped this week, which he's probably going to be a popular drop uh, on the waiver wire, I would be picking him up right away this yep. week. New Orleans, um, very condensed, which I really like. Jamal Williams had 18 carries. We knew this was a brutal matchup. The, the Titans were the best run defense in the NFL last year. Um, the receiving uh, workload very encouraging in my mind, Graham. 10 targets for Alave. Okay, he was drafted to do that. Eight targets for Michael Thomas. Not as much as Alave, but okay, he was drafted to do that. Rashid Shaheed, six targets, five for 89 and a touchdown. Rashid Shaheed was my most drafted wide receiver through like oh, August too. 1st in best ball. Nice. Um, <laughs> like, this guy is now usable in season-long leagues, and I wasn't sure I was going to get there for him, but Rashid Shaheed is legitimate, Graham. This guy is really good. Yeah, they're all good, and Carr looked great. I mean, I, Carr was probably with the, the exception best of the red zone the early window. Yeah, with the true. exception of the red zone, which yeah, is a recurring problem, by the way, yep. for him. Yep, they struggled. They struggled, but man, Carr was good. I, I got to say, Michael Thomas is not washed, guys. The, the dude looked like Michael Thomas. Uh, Chris Olave will be the wide receiver one here, but there's going to be weeks where Michael Thomas, you know, scores you know seven for eighty and two touchdowns, and Chris Olave, you know, doesn't really do much in the box score. Uh, but yeah, overarching theme, man. Saints passing offense looks ready to go. I, I just put all of them up. I'm not sure. Uh, 
how I'm going to end up writing all of this. Um, but yeah. I mean, really, Saints pass game looked looked great. Yeah. And I think you can start Olave and Thomas with confidence moving forward. And Shahid is probably a really good depth wide receiver for and has contingent upside if Thomas misses more time. One, uh, I wanted Jawan Johnson yardage over prop, and I won it on one catch because he had a 27-yard reception. He also had five targets. So Jawan Johnson is certainly a rosterable tight end. Sorry, Tom. San Francisco at Pittsburgh, um, 30-7. to San Francisco boat raced them. Um, Kenny Pickett was atrocious in this game. Tom, I said uh, – I said um, – texted up our yinzer group chat and i said well you gotta give Pickett a little bit of credit for that last drive before halftime you were like no i don't (laughs) (laughs) he was awful on that drive too deontay johnson was wide open on a little slant uh threw it way behind him the the pass to anthony mcfarland on fourth and three was goddamn terrible too he was lucky mcfarland made a good play on it and uh converted the first down so yeah i wasn't giving him even credit for that drive so um it is just one game i'm not gonna go completely Bat, it was a horrible here. matchup yeah. it was yeah. you know san francisco has the best defense in the league and uh bosa they was back. Play. Yeah, yeah bosa was back so um uh, yeah i i'm not gonna hit the complete panic button here you know right out of the gates but uh deontay johnson that looked like a pretty severe hamstring injury we'll get yeah. more information on it next you know i think tom does his noon press conference on tuesdays uh so we'll probably get more information then but i mean from the looks of it that looks like it has the potential to be an ir stint we'll we'll see the full extent but it looked like somebody uh you know sniper shot him right in the back of the leg there and uh he was in he was in big pain so uh calvin austin and alan robinson time so uh, we're concerned about guys creating separation in this passing game without yes. Deontay Johnson. And uh, we also have Pat Deontay Carter. should have had a huge first half, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely massive. Yeah. So he was uh, always open. He's always open. It is insane. Deontay is always yeah. open. And the answer to Najee Harris versus Jalen Warren was no, by the way. And, yeah. and again, the, 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 um, the, the matchup played into the, into that. I mean, Najee, Najee actually looked pretty spry. I thought, um, but I, I mean, he had eight touches. What are you, what are you going to evaluate for? <laughs> like, I mean, uh, yep. Jalen Warren at, had five catches for 12 yards. Yeah. And looking at it a little more, uh, first half snaps, Najee was at 63%. Warren was at 30%. Obviously, you know, this game was over pretty much in the first half. Yeah. So if you want to paint a rosier picture for Najee, you could say, okay, when the game was kind of in hand, it was Najee, but. Yeah, they man, scored I, right before a, halftime, and then McCaffrey yeah. housed one on the first half of the second and that first drive, and then that's when and the that's game it. was over. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, San Francisco, not a whole lot. Like, look who produced. Everybody you want to produce. Ayuk had eight targets. Ayuk looks phenomenal. Um, John's already going to victory lap that one enough for us, so we can scuttle victory lap that one enough for us, so we, we, we don't have to do it on this show. McCaffrey looked great. Debo Samuel looked great. Debo had seven touches, including two rush attempts. Kittle only caught three passes, but he had six targets. And in this week for tight ends, I guess we'll take the three catches and say, well, at least it wasn't Dallas Goddard. You know, at least it wasn't Mark Andrews. So, um, uh, yeah, I will but, say on Kittle, though, I mean, we were low on him all summer here, and I, I feel like he's the low man here on the, the, on the totem pole. Um, uh, Brandon Ayuk looks like he's ready to ascend to another tier of uh, wide receiver. We know what Debo Samuel can do. Christian McCaffrey on that uh, 65-yard touchdown run. So, um, 
I, I, I'd feel a little bit worried if I was Kittle, even w- if I was a Kittle owner, even with the six targets this yeah. week. This is, I will this s- is the sixth game we've seen Purdy, McCaffrey, Ayuk, and Debo all play, and Kittle has always been the, the fourth guy. You know, yeah. he's always he has been behind those other three. He's a mid tight end one. He's that's yep. what he is because yep. he's so talented because he's so gifted. You have to still consider and and like there's only so few weekly startable tight ends because Kittle's so talented. He's basically a weekly starter and you just hope you catch one of the blow up weeks for him. Um, basically, uh, the one thing I will say, first and foremost, Purdy can play. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to argue against that. He, that boy's got some turnover luck regression coming, though. Um, yeah. He had the butt recovery here. Um, he did lose a fumble. He had a couple of passes that should have been picked off. Um, and look, I think Kyle Shanahan will live with that. Just keep that in mind that the turnover luck is is going to turn around at some point for him. Yeah. I, I will say, though, as just watching, you know, both second-year quarterbacks, I, <laughs> Purdy, he's he's definitely fearless. He He's not. Yeah. He's willing to let it, you know, uncork it. And um, yeah, I think Dude, Purdy, he hangs in the pocket, Purdy, man. Yes, yeah, he, he hangs he's got in the stones. pocket. He's, he yeah. has pocket presence too. There was a couple times yep. where he felt the defender on his backside and he spun outside the pocket and uh, made a play. So, uh, you know, as we, you know, Purdy might be uh, the better quarterback between these two. Uh, obviously a long way to go, but um, yeah, he was very impressive here, at least in week one. Washington and Arizona. We had a couple of backs in this game who got bell cow usage and didn't do a whole lot with it. Are you sensing a theme here, guys? Um, Washington, Brian Robinson, 19 carries. No other commander had more than three. Antonio Gibson lost another fumble in this game. Um, Brian Robinson also had two targets. He caught one for a touchdown, which which was a big help. On the flip side, James Conner, 14 carries, five targets. He had 12 fantasy points on 14 carries and five targets. Um, but both of these guys, Tom, uh, startable RB2s uh, until further notice. Yeah, it was weird. Chris Rodriguez got a carry real early in the game and then <laughs> ended up just playing uh, you know, three snaps the rest of the way. Um, yeah, that was kind of weird. But, yeah, I I have concerns. This commander's offensive line, This we knew this was going to be a potentially weak spot for this offense. Uh, it was, it's the weakest spot on this offense. And uh, Hal was under pressure the entire game. He, he, against Arizona. Yes, against Arizona. He took six sacks. Uh, yep. Robinson, 3.1 yards per carry. Uh, you know, he's going to be a sub, he's probably going to be a sub four yards a carry. We're going to need a lot of volume out of him. We He caught that first pass early in the game for the touchdown and, uh, you know, just one other target the rest of the way. So, uh, we like the usage out of Robinson. Gibson is uh, tripping up already, um, but yeah, it's it, it's going to be ugly, inefficient uh, uh, RB two usage here. Uh, Jahan Dotson seven targets. Terry McLaurin just four. McLaurin was coming off the injury. Curtis Samuel led this team in receiving. Uh, I think I highlighted that in the mismatch report, by the way. Pat myself on the back. Wish I used him in DFS. Uh, nice. I did not. Um, uh, Logan Thomas, eight targets. Scott just perked up somewhere, wherever he is. Uh, <laughs> on the flip side, I mean, Josh, Josh Dobbs, 21 to 30. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, doing you, a thank, he's doing a thankless job here, guys. Yeah. yeah. What do you want him to do? I mean, they, they, yeah. he was installed a couple weeks, you know, before the season starts. Marquise Brown might be gimpy. His number one target was Sackerts, who I don't know if you guys watched much of this game. He, he looked like he couldn't move. I, I'm wondering if they want to trade him. I really don't know what's going they on there. They showcased him. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was shocked I, that he was 77% uh, snap share yeah, in this game. I yeah. thought they would be more of a 50-50 with Trey McBride. 
I don't know. But they were Ertz. Ertz looks toast yeah. to me. Yeah. But um, let's move Green on. Bay at yep. Chicago. <laughs> Green Bay wins this one, thirty-eight to twenty. Jordan Love, man. Oh my God. Jordan Packers fans are are on another plane right now because Jordan Love played circles around Justin Fields in this game. Yeah, well, I, yes, I he mean, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Really close either. It was uh, and, not. Yeah. I mean, and, watching the game, I don't know what the Bears were thinking. I mean, their whole game plan was screen plays, but I mean, it, it without Christian I, Watson, without Romeo Dubs playing a full time snap share, I mean, Love looked good, man. Look, and the game plan was great. They ran it well. Like this, this right, offense no is going to look good. Watson, that's the thing. I know. Like, I know. Dob, Dobbs, by the way, this guy's a pretty good little receiver. You know, yeah. I know we, we hyped him last year. Um, he was a fourth round rookie who caught 40 passes and scored three touchdowns. And he, you tell any team, hey, that receiver you drafted on day three this year is going to catch 40 passes and score three touchdowns this year. They take that. So Dobbs is a pretty good player. They liked him in the red zone. He scored twice. Um, Aaron Jones is a star. Um, he picked up a hamstring injury, something to monitor. And it is something to monitor because A.J. Dillon was atrocious in this game. Yeah, I probably want to hit the panic button just yet. But yeah, we'll, we want to see what Aaron Jones' availability here is. Uh, I think that he was said a he's... lops. That was a lopsided game. Whenever he la- you know, he scored the yeah. long touchdown yeah. and by multiple scores at that point. Might have even been up three scores at that point. So no need to rush him back into the lineup. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see about his availability. I I don't think we'll see a lot of Patrick Taylor. Uh, it's going to be you know Dylan has RB one potential if Jones is out a week yeah. or two. Um, Luke Musgrave, I think he answered the bell three for 50 in his first NFL game on four targets. Oh, Again, should have had a touchdown. Love, yeah. love yeah. just underthrew him and he lost his. Yeah. Oh. Um, flipping over to the Bears. Like, again, I, I want to go back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast. You could not, you, you can't panic about a week one game, you know, like so many of these teams. Eventually, Justin Fields has to do something, right? Like as a passer, I saw I saw the uh, the, the Bears beat writer threw up his next gen stats chart. Any, I think he was two of four passing on anything over ten air yards, including an interception. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at. Their game plan was just so conservative, and they just it was just all like short routes and then check Let it down do to the Let me do the Brian Windhorst. Let me do the Brian Windhorst. Why is it? Why so was cool? their game plan so conservative? <laughs> I get it, but fe- man, I mean, like you gotta you gotta take some shots. Like they they got DJ Moore who can get downfield. They've got Mooney who can get downfield. I mean, that ball that Fields threw to Mooney for the touchdown was a, was a nice ball. I get it. I get it. Look, Fields' accuracy was horrible last year. I mean, it was probably not going to be charted well in this game, but. I think yeah. they got to try. You got to try to throw. Yeah. You have well, to. I think I think they will. And then they have to figure out what, to what do their next, future is. You know? yeah. DJ, you bring in DJ Moore, you trade the number one pick, and he has two targets for 25 yards. I mean, I you can't tell me that the Bears weren't well, drawing up some designed unforgivable. stuff. Unforgivable. <laughs> Here, here's my thing. Like going back to their game plan last year, week one, this was the same thing Luke Getze did then. You know, it was yeah. a super uber conservative game plan and then they eventually opened it up i'm crossing my fingers that's the hope here but like man i really was hoping we'd see a little bit more and it's you know condensed game plan but also fields was really bad like i don't want to make any excuses here yeah um interesting is Rashawn johnson uh five carries for 20 yards and a touchdown six for 35 receiving almost all of that when the game was out of hand um tom uh, did you see anything here i mean khalil herbert was getting a lot of usage early 
Um, he was their leading receiver for a while in this mm-hmm. game, but uh, Rashawn Johnson comes in late and actually looks halfway decent. Yeah, it's it's tough to decipher this. I still think Herbert is a you know RB two at this point, and Deontay Foreman is probably going to mix in here. But I did add Roshan Johnson to the waiver wire as you know kind of a guy to stash away, uh, even though it was garbage time and you know they weren't playing. You know they, I, I thought he was impressive, and we we knew coming into this year that. Uh, there was a potential that he could be the best passing back. Uh, he excelled in pass protection, and uh, he showed well as a receiver here. So uh, there's probably some room for his, you know, his his role to grow here. So I still think Herbert's the guy, but I think Roshan Johnson is a nice little stash here if you're looking for a potential upside, you know, rookie running back on your bench. I'm going to have you guys help me with this one. The Raiders and the Broncos. I didn't see a ton of this game, but the Raiders beat the Broncos 17 to 16. T bro. Was it same old Russ to you? Uh, so this is when I, I'm writing up the waiver wire four o'clock. So I, I don't get to watch these games too closely, but um, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it doesn't look like it. I mean, this is a, a matchup that he torched last year in two chances. And yeah, um, I mean, completed a high number of his pet 27 to 34, but, uh, only for 177 yards, so I, you know, I, I yeah, I don't know if I want to kill him for the first game with a new 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 uh, uh, yeah coordinator and new coach. Uh, I'm definitely Samaj not Pirine because I mean his her. yeah his top receiver was Samaj P Ryan that he was throwing to Brandon Johnson and Little Jordan Humphrey out there like you know Greg Dulcich got hurt yeah Dulcich exactly Dulcich got hurt in the game. I mean, uh, it, it also sounds like Judy could have played like he was legitimately close. Um, so I, I think once Judy gets back, we'll know more and they'll have a legitimate three wide receiver set between he, Mims, and Sutton. Uh, yeah, I thought the Mims that was a little that was concerning. He was at just a 27% snap share. He was buried behind, you know, B Lil Johnson Jordan. and Little Jordan and Lil uh, Jordan Humphrey. I, I, that was Lil one Jordan I was is not concerned. Lil, by the way. He's huge. No, he is not. He's big uh, Jordan. Um, I thought that was a tight end. <laughs> yeah. Um guys, continuing the theme. Javante Williams, 19 opportunities in this game. Did not reach 10 fantasy points in the PPR. Um, But I'm not going to take that as a negative. Um, I thought the fact that he's out there handling 19 opportunities is a great sign. And Samaj P. Ryan gives them a perfect third down back. Like Samaj, I call him a coach's pet running back. He just does everything right he doesn't necessarily do it well, but he does it right. And that's going to get Samaj P. Ryan snaps, Graham. Yep, it will. And it will all season. This is going to be a backfield heavy offense. I'm expecting, you know, Williams to continue to be like 15 carries, Samaj eight. And then, like you said, you know, it'll be a, a split in terms of the passing down work. Uh, obviously, we really didn't see any red zone usage because they didn't really move the ball super well. So that's still like kind of the one question I have here is is who gets the goal line work? My lean is Javante, which will obviously make him the better fantasy back. But yeah, Piran's going to be a thorn in his side all year. Let's move on over to the to the Raiders. And I mean, talk about condensed. Hey, guys, Josh Jacobs, 22 opportunities in this game as the bell cow back. Did he reach 10 fantasy points, Tom? Your guess. <laughs> I'm going to say no. No, he did not. Uh, <laughs> bad week for running backs, guys. Uh, hello, Jacoby Myers. All right, they signed him. They had a plan for him. This guy is one of the top two or three receivers on the slate. Uh, Ten targets, nine catches, 81 yards, and two touchdowns, coinciding with Patrick Sertan shadowing Devontae Adams. Is Jacoby Myers, he bro, a startable wide receiver three? 
Uh, I think, I think so. I, I don't think we're going to see this kind of used, as you said, certain is, you know, that's a unique matchup. Uh, they'll get it twice a year. Devonte Adams is probably going to be good for, you know, eight to 12 targets. Most weeks, he even got nine targets this week, even in the tough matchup. So, uh, Myers bigger issue is he took a big hit at the end of the game and, yeah. um, suffered a concussion. So it looks mm-hmm. like he might be out of commission against the bills, uh, in, in week two. So, He's like one of those fringe waiver wire. He's like 55% owned yeah. in leagues. I, I definitely think he's worth adding. Uh, he kind of excels in the areas of the field where Jimmy Garoppolo has always excelled yeah. in that like, you know, five to 15 yard range. And, and, you know, he's in the middle of the field. So I, I do think there's reason to believe his success will con- continue to carry over. But uh, this, should, this isn't going to be the norm here with Devontae Adams. Uh, still the clear number one target here. Miami 36, the Chargers 34. Um, the good news for me is I stacked this game in uh, in DFS. The bad news for me. No. I didn't use Tyreek as part of that stack. Um, oh, no. Nonetheless, nonetheless, because I stacked this game and every other game was a dud, I still doubled my money. Um, but nonetheless, uh, let's start with Miami. Uh, uh, in a week like this, okay, you're not surviving Tyreek Hill. Nope. Uh, if you got Tyreek, you probably lost uh, almost certainly, in my opinion, unless you had like Ayuk and McCaffrey. Um, that that's how that was that was a rough go of it. I mean, Graham, I don't know what I uh, what I need to say. Mike McDaniel's a wizard. I thought Tua yeah. played pretty freaking well. And remember, this is the defense that gave Tua fits last year, Graham. So, uh, yes. credit to McDaniel, credit to Tua, and obviously Tyreek Hill's an all time great. He is. He is, and Mike McDaniel deserves a lot of credit so what the chargers did last year is they took away the middle of the field they made two a throw to the boundaries and they tried to get pressure in this game they opened up the middle of the field early i mean they were hitting tyreek over the middle they hit waddle over the middle twice for big gains and then they opened up the vertical game i mean tyreek was just running past everybody uh, i'm writing tyreek and tua is up i think right now tyreek if you were redrafting should be going like i mean in turn Scott and I were talking about this. I think Joe, you and I were talking about this too. Like if you're, you know, doing projections, Tyreek has like an equal chance of finishing as the wide receiver one as Jefferson and Chase. Yeah. And no one was really drafting that way. I mean, especially in like, I mean, I still thought he was the top five pick, but yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I had him there. I had him as my third overall pick. Um, man, I mean, if, if you're redrafting this week, like I, I think you could make a case for Tyreek as wide receiver one. Uh, and we got to move to up, man. Like he answered all the doubters. Tough oh, he defense. played extremely well. Yeah. Outside of that, outside of the pick, he had the bad red zone pick. It was a horrible decision on that ball. But man, I mean, after that, besides that, I, he was awesome in that game. So yeah, two with Tyreek up. And uh, I got to say, Raheem Mostert looked good. Um, got all of the, pretty much all of the important backfield stuff with no Devin A. Chain. Uh, a chain. I'm not sure. Did we get word if yeah, he was like a healthy, healthy scratch? He was, was a healthy, a healthy scratch? scratch. Yep, he wow. is in the doghouse. Well, he had the wow. shoulder injury, but man, he yeah. dude, he's tight. He's how about Ahmed got the first carry in this game, by the way? Just yeah, so, but just, then he got no, like three more, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, on the flip side, was it? I mean, aside from the fact that Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler split carries, um, I don't know if this is going to be a Bijan Algier situation going forward, guys, but Eckler has been begging. As a matter of fact, I, I talked to him about it. He no. wants somebody who's going to rotate in with them. And Joshua Kelly looked freaking awesome in this game. He just didn't look as good as Eckler because, well, Eckler. Yeah, he, he looked good going back to the preseason, too. He he busted off a long touchdown run in, uh, I think, their second game 
uh, who was 70 plus yards and um, just a continuation of this. He's, he's uh, taken well to Kellen Moore's offense here uh, right around. I think it was a, basically a 50, 50 split here in, in a game that was a shootout. Um, chargers are going to play in a lot of shootouts, but um, you know, if they get into, you know, some grinder games, there's a chance that maybe Kelly, you know, gets more touches than Austin Eckler in the future. So uh, I thought that was at least notable that we had a 70 point game and Joshua Kelly was on the field for 39%, of, you know, 39 of the snaps, 48% yeah. overall and got 16 carries. So um, I, I'm not going to hit the panic button here with Austin Eckler. He was yeah. a first round pick, but I think it's at least a situation to monitor here. Um, it's not ideal if you're, you know, the, the guy that you used a first round pick on is right around a 50% snap share. Mike Williams was evaluated for a concussion, but I think he came back. He he returned. Yeah, he he came in the game. He had a big catch that almost uh, won the Chargers game for him. Real quick on Eckler, I kind of view it as an upgrade. Uh, Rashawn Slater and Corey Lindsley are both healthy. I mean, this run game is going to be so much better this year. I don't think Eckler ever really was going to be the guy that we can expect to get like, you know, 20 carries a game. He's always going to split touches. So, you know, honestly, I think Chargers offensive line and their run game is going to be a lot better this year. Uh, Eckler's still going to get a lot of red zone work. Um, yeah, man, I, you know, it's there's going to be games where Kelly's going to vulture a touchdown and you're going to be mm-hmm. pissed. But I mean, this is still Eckler, still the premier touchdown scorer. Um, by the way, uh, Justin Herbert, um, I we have not we don't have our charted stats out for this game yet. We have a few, but not this one. I'm wondering what his A dot was in this game. Just curious. I was wondering the same thing. I thought yeah, I this... saw something at halftime. It wasn't. It was like six or seven yards but that well if you look i mean they they just were running the ball so so effectively they didn't really have to throw it so so i just want to i just want to go back to tua um because this will obviously play um because whether you say something good or bad about tua it always plays on social media um brett whitefield is in my discord dms right now absolutely raving about him and it literally inspired him to write a weekly article He's good. We're, we're, Brett's going to call it it's Brett like, Whitefield's game ball. And he's going to write like based on oh, film sweet. and data, he's going to hand out a game ball every week. And this week it's going to Tua Tonga by Loa. Brett is Love raving it. about him. Let me give you the quote from Brett. I it, literally, he, te- this is, this is five minutes ago. I need to write a Tua article quote. He plays like he did yesterday all season, not talking statistics. He will be the MVP running away clinical performance. So Whew. good review My from Brett Whitefield there. on Tua. Um, yep. Let's move on to Philadelphia at New England. Another one of those weird games with the elite quarterback playing in a condensed offense. The Eagles win this one 25-20 to in a just very bizarre game. Kenny Gainwell was the bell cow back running away for the Eagles. <laughs> Guys, Kenny Gainwell, he had 18 opportunities. He did cross 10 fantasy points, but just barely. Are you sensing a theme in this week? Um, he's a usable player, though. I, I mean, with the the drum beats, I was trying to ignore the drum beats. I'm still, I I'm still more in the Kaplan area. Like he he does everything pretty well. He just doesn't have juice. But Rashad Penny's a healthy scratch. Graham DeAndre Swift gets two touches in this game. Yeah, I thought it was surprise. I thought it was a weird game. I thought it was a weird game. Yeah, it was a weird game. Uh, Belichick had a great game plan. Um, A.J. Brown is pretty limited until like the literal end of the game. The weather was uh, bad. The weather was bad, yeah. I, I got to ask you, Joe. I mean, you're the Eagles guy here. Um, that The swift usage was the most surprising thing, right? 
like, okay, we heard, you know, Rashad Penny's going to be healthy scratch like hours, hours before the game. And, and I you know, thought that meant. All, exactly. Yeah. All of us were like Swift. I mean, that's the, que- that's the question. What, what was your read on, on Swift here? I, so watching this game, I don't think the Eagles ever got into a rhythm. Like ever. And, and last year they, were, they got into yeah. rhythm so easily. Um, I, I just think it was a weird game. And then. The good news is, guys, Jalen Hurts threw the ball 33 times and 20 of the targets were directed at A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So that's not changing. Um, I just Problem. Goddard got one, though. <laughs> that's yeah, and, another and tight end that really struggled. Romo did point out a couple of times where Goddard should have been targeted. It was in the second half. I don't know if you guys were watching that game. Romo pointed out a couple yeah. of times Goddard should have been targeted. And I think Bill just had kind of Jalen Hurts a little shook in that game. And and it, it's just one of those things. And Jalen Hurts will probably be, be the, good on defense, man. Yeah, they are, are and really good on defense. I, I will year. tell you one one other thing. I thought Bill O'Brien called an awesome game. Yeah, uh, look at that. A, a competent offensive coordinator with even <laughs> yep. just kind of replacement level receivers. No Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton's hurt. Like doing it through Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry, and they move the ball. Look yeah, at that. and like you know, Mac Jones. Was there a game last year where he comes running to the sideline yelling at? Patricia and Judge and whatever and said, wasn't it like stop effing running it? It's not working. Yeah. Well, guess yeah. guess what? It wasn't working in this game. And Mac Jones threw the ball 54 times, and I thought it looked pretty freaking good doing it. Yeah, and he got Kendrick Bourne, you know, Bill O'Brien got Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry involved. Those were two guys that had a lot of success with Mac Jones during mm-hmm. his rookie season when he was at his best. And then Tweedledee and Tweedledum decided not to play those guys and, you know, target the Hunter Henry, like wasn't targeted in the red zone at all last year. So, uh, you know, Bourne was in the lineup. He goes, goes off for two touchdowns and Hunter Henry's targeted in the end, you know, and the end zone and converts a touchdown. Just like both of these guys should be rostered folks. Both of these guys should be rostered. Um, dude, uh, shout out like to a my wide boy. receiver three and 14 team leagues. Like no, shout really out to my is. boy, Andrew yeah. Callahan, who on, on the franchise focus podcast said Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry. That's yeah. what he said. And you know, he called Stevenson last year, by the way, not freaking out about Ramondre. The Eagles run defense is going to be a problem. Jordan yeah. Davis was yeah. a monster in this game. Jalen Carter was a monster in this game. I know any of the analytics and the numbers all say run game doesn't matter and maybe run defense doesn't matter too much for winning games, but holy shit, Jordan Davis is unbelievable in the run. He's unguardable. He's literally unguardable. He he made splash plays, which is what you want to see from a guy with his. And by the way, Ramondre came into this game sick. He had a stomach bug. So it's understandable if he looks sluggish, but he still, I mean, he still caught six. He did his thing in the passing game again. Yes, he did. He He bailed us out again. He always does. Yeah. L.A. and Seattle, uh, talk about surprising result of the week. L.A. smokes the, the Seahawks 30-13. to 13. Stafford was really freaking good. Um, Graham, I'm going to start with you with the backfield because I wish we had yelled this louder. Um, I know that we can go back and find instances of us saying, hey, Kyron Williams is their third down back. Kyron Williams might be more than their third down back. Um, yeah, he might. Uh, 15 for 52 and two touchdowns. He didn't have a reception. Cam Akers, 22 carries. Tell me Cam Akers has 22 carries in week one. I'd be really happy. He has 22 carries and a touchdown and doesn't cross 10 PPR fantasy points. Brutal. What's your I read mean, here, man? Brutal. I mean, it's it. this is – so when I was buying – when we were drafting Kyron and I was saying he's a good late-round pick, I was like, oh, he'll just play on passing downs and it'll be Cam yeah. as the early-down guy. Uh, this is a split. Uh, not just that. You get him on our FPC teams. 
yeah, we do have him on one of our, our teams. Uh, Kyron might be like the guy. Uh, and late in the game, when that game was like salted away, I mean, they're up multiple scores. It was Cam Akers getting like, you know, the last grinding bit of carries. They're resting Kyron Williams. And Sean McVay was saying all offseason, like Kyron's our guy, like, you know, he's saying Cam Akers is going to play a big role, but like he was hyping Ky- Kyron Williams in the you same. You are right. I'm quotes. looking at the the game. Yeah. Like, holy crap! It would have been yeah. an eighty twenty snap share split. Yeah, it's, without it's bad, these man. last couple drives for Akers. Holy crap! I didn't realize. I was, I, mean, I was shocked, honestly, legitimately shocked at the usage. Um, we got to also talk real quick. I got to kick at you guys about Van Jefferson. I mean, this kind of felt like a changing of the guard with this. You know, Puka Nakua. Obviously, great game plan by McVeigh. Even better play by Stafford. If you're watching the game, you know, the next couple of days, he's Stafford pros, was bro. on fire and on fire on third downs too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, what do you guys think about this receiver group until Cup gets yeah. back? I mean, I, Puka Nakua earned 15 targets from Matthew Stafford in his first game. I think that yeah. that's speaks uh, volumes there. Yeah, I, I, I'm playing was, him. I'm playing Nakua. He's going to be the, you know, obviously the the big waiver wire guy this week. Yeah, and so is Kyron. Um, they might have the two. They, they do. They are there. They're at the top of the list. I yeah, yeah. running back and that wide receiver for me. Um, we'll see what John does. Uh, but I, I think those two should be the the guys to get. And they're, <laughs> yeah. I think they're sub ten percent owned. I mean, I know Nakua is, and I yeah, I would guess Kyron Williams is, uh, sub ten percent as well. So. Yeah. They're, they're oh, I have I have uh Kyron in the Tom, I went zero RB in our 14 team collegian league, and Kyron was like my last pick. I'm so I am so fired up about that. Like, <laughs> I, I took some Graham advice and I know I know um our boy Josh Moyer is going is running to the waiver wire this morning to check out Kyron Williams. He's gonna say, well, he was already <laughs> doing it to me because I have Nakua, I believe, in that league. Yeah, you I picked, picked him, him up this morning. I picked him up before the game. And he, uh, so we 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 uh we got we got the uh, Los Angeles Rams covered. Yeah, we we each have uh, each have that covered. Uh bad game for the Seahawks. Um Against a defense that has yeah. Aaron Donald and not a whole lot else, what do you, what do you guys see here? You know what I, I, I don't, you know I do the ATS picks. I'm freaking kicking my ass for whatever reason. Just like Sean McVay absolutely owns soul. Even right last there. year when his teams yeah. were you know just completely decimated at the end of last year, uh, they both you know they tight games covered both of them. Um, you know, he's covered six straight games in this matchup. It was like, I'm, and I'm just kicking myself that, um, yeah. didn't do enough studying and, uh, or forgot that fact. And it's, you know, it was just a, a complete demolition and, uh, Seattle, the two injuries to watch was that tackle. They lost both their, oh yeah, Charles Cross and, uh, Abraham Lucas. Lucas. It doesn't sound yeah. like they're very serious injuries, but then again, it's Pete Carroll talking. So they might be done for the season. <laughs> Time, time you listen to this podcast. Um, so. yeah, uh, <laughs> K- Kenneth Walker was bell cow yeah. usage guy. Uh, yeah. um, s- n- uh, 17 opportunities to just three for Charbonnet. What did Kenneth Walker do with that? 10.7 fantasy points. Are you sensing a theme? You should have throughout this podcast. Um, let's go to Sunday night, and I don't even know what to do with this game. Yeah, we can we can go through this if one you, quick. If you were to tell me the Cowboys were going to win this game 40 to nothing, and you would get like four points out of Dak Prescott. <laughs> just a brutal week, dude. Good I mean, like, Just Daniel Jones was awful. That Cowboy defense is going to be a problem. The best news is that Darren Waller is apparently healthy. Um, yep. Three for 36. He led them in. in, in... He, he did say uh, there was some stuff after the game, though. He's he's 
concerned about it. It's the same hamstring that was giving him issues. Oh, in the oh Las God. Vegas. There, there's some comments he he made after the game. He's, you know, he says he's had, has it like a, a a bigger team helping him manage it. But um, if somebody is writing up that player, um, you might want to look. Yeah, I, I'll. Yeah, Tom, link me to that tweet. I I put him as a watch. I'll put it in there. Yeah, uh, that's. I just great. saw it floating around this morning. Yeah, it's it's yeah. out there. <sighs> it's a tweet with him with like his shirt off. He's yeah. he's he's like uh he's got like an old suit jacket on. Uh, um, oh, Tony Pollard was bell cow usage, uh, and actually came through with that bell cow usage because he scored two touchdowns. You know, I don't think Dak looked great. He didn't need to. I mean, mm. like, I, mean, well, I don't know what else. What else? Yeah, Joe, you said, Joe, you said this to me like three years ago, and it's just stuck with me. And it's it made my life a lot easier when thinking about the Cowboys. You're like, Dak Prescott's Kirk Cousins. And I was like, oh, okay, that's perfect. Okay, I'm good. Yeah. You know, that's literally, he's the same exact guy. He's a pocket passer who can make the plays. But some, there's gonna be there's gonna be times where you're left scratching your head. Yeah. Obviously, this game got out of hand. It, do, it doesn't we, matter. Like it doesn't matter this week. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say real quick on Pollard before we get out of here. Uh, this is the exact type of usage you wanted to see. The sure. exact type. I mean, last year we saw Zeke at all the goal line uh, red zone work, and I was noting that you know even if we give like Pollard like a quarter of the red zone work, it would take him from like a back end front end, or a back end RB one to a front end one. That's what he's gonna be this year. I mean, this is stellar. All the red zone work, get a bunch of early down work. Rico Dowder, Dowdle mixes in, and uh, you know they're going to be in a, obviously a ton of more close games. But guys, this Cowboys defense is the best in the NFL. Their team speed is insane. Micah Parsons is unguardable. Uh, I uh, knew they were going to. Uh, they're going to be in so were many good game scripts. They, yeah, for for Pollard exactly, and they you, know, you, might, you might have so to downgrade game scripts. You might have to downgrade Dak and Ceedee Lamb a bit. I mean, now look, I think this was a uniquely bad matchup for the Giants because they were just going after Evan Neal. I mean, Evan Evan Neal was moving around out there like yeah. a big piece of fish. <laughs> I mean, like he, I, I'll never stop doing that. But so that that, that I knew happened. it was coming, Joe. My uh, <laughs> our offensive line coach when I was uh, when I was playing football, offensive line coach, his name was was a uh, Coach Jones. A big guy, you know, I mean, he was an offensive line coach and um, I, I played, I played tight end. So obviously, you know, you, you work in over there and then it, uh, he told our, our right guard one day that he was moving around like a piece of fish. And, like, <laughs> and, I, and I just, and I, I use that now when, when, <laughs> when, when our, whenever an offensive lineman's really struggling, I say he's moving around out there like a big piece of fish. And uh, uh, I don't know if anybody could have guarded Mike Parsons last night. His hair. Oh, was no. Uh, but yeah. I mean, Evan Neal, like I just said, week one, uniquely bad matchup for a guy who had a really rough season last year. So, yep. Um, not a whole lot to glean from this. The Giants will be better than that um, for sure. But anyway, guys, um, thank you for joining us for the first edition of the Market Report podcast here at FantasyPoints.com. We'll be with you every Monday. Uh, we'll get this out probably around lunchtime, and then the article will go up a little bit later in the day. Thanks, everybody, for listening. For Graham and Tom, I'm Joe. Tom and I will be with you tomorrow to break down the waiver wire. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.